Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 462. And hello, bonus Friday episode. I hope you're all well. Hope you're all enjoying the new month. A new month has started. Oh, a new month has started. I won't ramble on too much. I'm joined today by Jim Archer, who you will have heard much praise of in the episode early in the week with David Earl, and in the episode a couple of weeks ago with um, Jack Rook and John Poynton. There was probably praise of him in the episode a year or so ago with the the young offenders, lads, because Jim's worked on all of these things. So I really wanted to sit sit down and have a a chat with him. When I approached him about it, he messaged me going, as long as you're okay with no one ever listening to it. Because... Obviously, he's not this huge name at the moment, but he's an amazingly talented lad. He's making some amazing stuff. So I wanted to chat with him. um, And I hope you guys will all listen, spread the word and spread the love and get in the the cinemas. Get in, get yourself some popcorn. You know, if you need to take out a mortgage or a payday loan, get yourself some pick and mix, get yourself some popcorn. But just, no, actually... A lot of people don't realise there are no rules about bringing your own food into cinemas in the UK. It's kind of a myth. You're generally allowed to. It's not a problem. So just bring some cheap food in, lads. Um, But yeah, go and see Brian and Charles. It's amazing. As ever, we're brought to you by SpeechVellum or Ruckles.com, Patreon.com forward slash ScroobiusPip and twitch.tv forward slash scroobiuspipio are all the places that you can find me. But I won't ramble on too much because it's a bonus episode and you get the bonus of not hearing me ramble on plug-in for hours. So enjoy this chat, episode 462 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the wonderful Mr. Jim Archer. Yeah, I met David. I saw him. I think I saw him supporting Stephen Merchant, oh, and really? I really liked him. And then a few years later, I was doing a spoken word tour. I'd been to see him a few times. I was doing a spoken word tour, and I think in London it was about three, four hundred cap venues. The rest of the country it was one fifty to kind of three hundred cap. So, and I realised as I'm doing my own tour, I can ask who I want. So I thought I'll take a comedian. And I asked David as as Brian Gittins to come and support, and it just g- gave me the most joy. People turning up <laughs> for spoken word from myself and Kay Tempest, and getting Amazing. introduced <laughs> to Brian Gittins as the as he either opened or was in the middle. I kind of alternated all the supports in that way, and yeah. So when was it? When would this have been? What's this? What's will have been like two thousand and either two thousand and like nine. Maybe 2009, 10-ish. Right. So a good while back. But then we properly reconnected over Twitch because I'm a big fan of his streams. He's convinced me to start streaming. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, we've known each other a while now. But I need to introduce you. I'm joined today by Jim Archer. How are you, man? How are you? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. I'm very good. How are you? I'm really good. And I'm really excited to talk because you've worked on three of my favourite things. Um, oh, three. Three. So Young Offenders is is oh, just an it. absolute favourite. I had the boys on a couple of years ago. I was a big fan of the film 
And as with all these things, as, as soon as they announced there was going to be a TV series, I was like, no, I don't know that's going to work because I'm just such a cynic, obviously. I did it with yeah. what we do in The Shadows, and it's amazing. And the series was fantastic. And you worked yeah. on that. You also worked on Brian and Charles, which is when I reached out to you to say, this is fucking amazing, man, because it it, <laughs> it, it, it blew me away. Um, and as this comes out, that film comes out, is in cinemas today as this, as oh, this episode oh, drops. Cool. Yeah. Yes, I know that. <laughs> and then when we were hitting each other up, or I'd hit you up about coming on the podcast, we'd already lined it up and Big Boys came out, which is my yeah. mate Jack and John yeah. and... I've binged it over the weekend and I honestly think it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. And I want to talk to you about a lot of it because obviously the role of, of, the, of, the, of the director is a weird one because it is, it's such a collaboration, mm-hmm. particularly on a show like Big Boys where the writer is the person that the story is about and all these other yeah. things. And it's similar with Brian and Charles when the character is someone that David has lived with for, for you, over for a decade, years. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> so um, it is a weird collaboration. But the thing that I saw between the two, which I think has to be a large part of the directing influence, is the ability to kind of effortlessly drift between emotions. Um, mm. Big boys in particular, there were points that I was literally bawling my eyes out. Honestly, I've not had anything that I reacted in such a a physical way to in years um oh, and then i'd be laughing my ass off yeah at the next minute and part of that is particularly john's performance and dylan but yeah just amazing performances so there's loads i want to uh, talk to you about but before <laughs> we get into it i want to rewound rewind all the way back and kind of find out where you grew up who you are tell me stuff where, where did you grow up and what kind of l- 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 led you into tv and film yeah, well, I, I, I had a sort of... I actually did a talk at film school, like, a couple of days ago where people sort of, like, asked a similar question. And I think people sort of expect, as a director, you to be like, yeah, I've grown up, you know, I've I watched all the masters. I've, like, yeah. since the age yeah. of, like, five, I was making films. <laughs> and it's just like, that just wasn't the case for me. I was just like, I grew up and I just was just into comedy. So, yeah. like, I grew up watching Friday Night TV and watching Big Train and... Garth Marenghi and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's what made me sort of fall in love with filmmaking and stuff like that. So I, well, I yes, I was like shooting stuff on a handy hey, cam. I was grew up in East that's Anglia, the masters. But... That's the masters right there as far as I'm concerned. Big exactly. training Garth Marenghi. And then you throw in like jam and stuff like that. And just all these, these people yeah. who are making the, the, the thing about those two sh- shows referenced are they feel like their shows that don't necessarily work in the commissioning room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There had to be a level of faith to kind of go, look, just let us make it. It will make sense. Because it feels like in the pitch, in the pitch, they're going to be hard to to get across. You need to just get out there and make it. Yeah, you know? especially Garth Marenghi, where it's like, oh, yeah, we need to make it. So it's going to be deliberately bad. And people, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just like, I mean, no one, I don't think anyone really watched that show, but like now it's just like such a cultural touch point. I was talking but, to someone about it recently and it's, it's one of the things that and 15 stories high are hmm. two shows that I've probably bought on DVD more than any other show because they're ones that I'll normally have at least two, two copies in the house j- j- just to give to someone who's never, who's never heard of it. Particularly when I was doing a lot of stuff in America, Garth Marengo was one. It's like, I'm going to take a copy over on DVD because there's a few people I'm doing some 
stuff with that probably won't know of it and i need them to watch it immediately and yeah 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 people loads, in america loads of people hear, hear of it now i have these sort of these yeah. sort of meetings with them with commissioners and whatever and they all seem to reference that show amazing um which is funny but uh yeah yeah i sort of grew up watching that stuff that's sort of like friday night sort of comedy tv that was my kind of that was my film school essentially yeah and it feels quite channel four or bbc two like not really your itv or bbc friday night um no no it's it was between nine and eleven it was that thing where you just just, like when i was watching it i was i was sort of a kid slash teenager just sort of flicking between them like nine o'clock then you go to the fast show on BBC what two? Yeah. Then you go back and you and then space or golf. Space is on. I was going to say space will yeah. be on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. Was that a big inspiration then? Because they all the shows you've listed there all feel achievable. If that makes sense. <laughs> Obviously they're genius, yeah. but it's like when you go and see an amazing punk band v- v- versus going and seeing an amazing orchestra. You go and see an amazing yeah. orchestra and you go, "Wow, all I could ever be is an audience member." You go see yeah. an amazing punk band and you go, man, this is genius, but that looks within reach, you know? I yeah. might not be able to be as good as that, but I can do loosely what they're doing. Yeah. You know? I don't think I even thought that then. I think, I like, watching that stuff, I think I was just like, I just like this stuff. I would yeah. like to be within the orbit of that stuff. I don't yeah. think I thought, oh, I want to write and direct. I was yeah. like, oh, just... I went into, like, I started as a runner in the film industry. I was just like... I just want to be near it and maybe I could somehow work somewhere in that. Because I worked on like Attack the Block. Amazing. It was like the first the first film I worked on. Wow. And that was like... That's the first premiere I ever went to. It's the first time oh, really? I ever got invited to a premiere <laughs> because Nick was in it and I'd buddied up with Nick a bit at that point. But yeah, what a great film. Yeah. I mean, that was like a dream then because I was like, oh, I'm sort of near all these people that I sort of have grown up watching and sort of and listening to. But uh, yeah, still then I wasn't, I didn't know why, like, I didn't know I was like, wanted to be a director and I wasn't like, I didn't think I was actually pursuing it. What I now want is big boys and Brian and Charles to win a load of awards <laughs> and you to go back and be a runner again on, because they're talking about doing a follow-up to Attack the Block, aren't they, at the moment? there's, there's oh, Yeah, they are, aren't they? A, a, a Joe Cornish and, and, and all these are, are talking about a, a return. I'd love that that you return, but you return as a runner again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And then so and now award winning writer directors like, no, I'll be the runner. Oh, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm returning. Again, this is where I started. <laughs> I won't say anything. I'll be very quiet and shy. <laughs> just like, just carry the tears with my head down. Hundred yeah. percent. But that's the way, right? With with these industries, it's it's that excitement to be involved in any way because so much of it is the unknown. Like. Mm. You don't know what, like, until you start working in TV and film, it's then you find out how many jobs there are back there, how many different kinds of roles, how many really crucial roles that we never hear about all are all part of putting together a film or a TV show. So I think that's exactly the way to be doing it, be going. And again, I think I did this after I, I directed a load of my own music videos and we'd won an award for one of them and stuff. But then a mate of mine who'd co-directed a few was doing another video for another band and he put a shout out saying, I need a runner. And I was like, I'm around that day. So (laughs) so I went and I was runner on it. And because I had already realised, even with my limited experience then, I'd realised that things like runner are seen as a dog's body, unimportant role. It's fucking important if it's done 
well. And it's important oh, yeah. if it's done poorly. Because yeah. you are that important. You are that key. You need to be able to go and do anything because it's there's a problem yeah. or whatever. So it's, a, it's so important for like the psychology of the set. If you've got yeah. like good runners, then it just yeah. like just it just the whole vibe of the set changes and you've just got like yeah, it's um but yeah, I was, it, I, was yeah, I was talking different. to my mate about that the other day, how much I loved being a runner on that set because mm. and he was like it was great because he knew so often the people who are runners as you say, it's a, it's a stepping stone. You, yeah. You, you're there to see what's ahead, but the way you get ahead is you smash that role. You do it really well. <laughs> you don't half-ass it and go, oh, oh who am I going to meet? Or who can I, I talk yeah, to? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that journey in. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it wears thin a step. bit after, yeah. after, after four years of doing it. Then <laughs> yeah, you sort of, you yeah. want to move on. <laughs> then you start going, right, I need to be making some kind of contacts, I guess. So, so what kind of things were there then after Attack the Block? And when did you kind of move on from, from that role? So I think during that, I was like, so I, I then went on to just work on commercials, which is sort mm-hmm. of perfect because that gives you, you get paid better. And mm-hmm. it just gave me the time to start writing stuff. And at the yeah. time, I was just like shooting sketches on like a sort of mini DV camcorder Love sort it. of thing that I sort of put on YouTube. And they are still on YouTube, but I've since like removed my name from them. So they're like <laughs> impossible to find. <laughs> Because like I, I'm in them and like Brilliant. I'm like and they're, they're so they're fine and I was sort of experimenting with how to make films and stuff like that. But then I was like, okay, I'll make a proper thing. I'll raise some money, do a Kickstarter, and I'll make my like first short film. Yeah, that's, which was in 2014. Yeah, um, and then that's kind of what kicks things on. I mean, it's too long. It's like 24 minutes or something stupid, um, which is fine for a short film, but not for like I don't I don't know like a sort of comedy. I feel like short films, if you should be in the sort of ten to fifteen. I've got, I've range. got a short I shot at the beginning of the year, and it was when we were kind of still locked down a bit, and I had an idea that I could shoot with my partner and our dog, and I've edited that, and it's coming in at about twenty four minutes. I'm like, this is too long, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the- <laughs> it's far too long. But I'm like, well, no one's, no one else is invested in this. I can do what I want. I can like, yeah. it's those early ones. That you can afford to be, oh totally, and also the ones that win the Oscars are sometimes like forty minutes long. Yeah. So there's like, I mean, like I think feel like I sort of because I did that twenty four minute one that was like it's good and you know I think it essentially got me signed. Um, maybe there's another short after that, but like my next like three shorts were all like three to five minutes long. I think yeah. because I was like I just need to sort of start churning stuff out. Like to I don't want towards yeah. Yeah, exactly, and get like and, and and things people can just watch and sort of like get a feel for what kind of filmmaker you are, yeah. Rather than like be like, hey, watch this entire pilot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's basically here's basically the f- film I want to make, but a yeah. slightly shorter version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, yeah, no, where it's no, better to be like, <laughs> it's like here's like two minutes of that film, and like you can just imagine the rest. So was the route from that then getting? tv roles as a director because episodes it's really weird particularly in the uk or no more in american tv but a lot in the uk now as well you'll get people in to do one or two episodes like a series will have three or four directors over a, a, a series and it's i think it was quite an american thing initially but it's quite across the board now mm. so was that kind of where you got brought in to to do a few episodes on on young offenders yeah exactly i think i'd done brian charles the short i think yes. basically doing that had like kind of 
that sort of kickstarted a lot of things in terms of like TV stuff. So I've done some pilots and some blaps and things like that. Because Brian and Charles are such an adored pair of characters. They're, they're, yeah. they're v- 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 very much cult, very much outside of the mainstream. But from the live shows and that, people that knew about them fucking adored them. So, yeah. But it's a weird one. You then make a short and it does also feel like, w- w- where did these characters come from? Yeah. You know what I mean, if I you're not already like- in that scene, it's like they, they arrive complete. You know, yeah, it's not, it's it's not just- like here's these characters we're working out. Which I thought was so great about it is that they, yeah, we just they had like ten years of backstory to like go yeah. into this thing, so it just felt everything felt lived in, which is kind of what we wanted to do with the short anyway. It was just to make it like then to make this thing that's like, oh, we're going to treat the whole thing incredibly seriously. We're going to make yeah. this like it's not just a mockumentary; it's like an art documentary. So it's going to be like ambient and like dark and kind of and be like, and it's just funny to put these characters that are on like doing these sort of chaotic quiz shows at the Moth Club. Yeah. And then put them into this like thing where you can just like like up the mood so much and make this thing like. I mean, I think it makes it funnier in the end, just to sort of treat Charles's kind of ludicrousness like that. I completely in, in agree, that and it's way. It, it's one of the reasons I had to reach out to you, even before where we're talking about a podcast, just to give you mm. some love for the film <laughs> because it does have that feel, and for me, it feels like almost like an A24 type film because again you're bringing them into this weird world and they're such a off again off film for but film for is so wide and and varied mm. and that now as well over the years but even on the short yeah it had that we're not getting any I like that we don't explain them at all like, yeah. do you know what I mean they are just <laughs> what they are and 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 you could spend a whole film explaining Brian Gittins but you but we don't you just go yeah here's Brian like almost yeah, at no time to explain this is we can't really get into this but here's brian he lives on his own and you've got this wonderfully yeah. bizarre and complex character but because of the way you present him and i said this to david as well particularly when charles comes in so for those who don't know who didn't hear the david episode i guess brian creates a robot called charles or he's charles Petrescu in the live things but he's it's simply Charles here, I think. I, I can't remember if he gets full named. Is he still Petre- uh, Charles Petrescu? I think I think he's Charles Petrescu in both. I think I think he gets yeah. He picks his surname in the in the feature as well. Yeah. He just sort of picks it out of the blue. But, so yeah. um, he, he he creates a robot and they're living together for a bit. Essentially, obviously, there's more that goes on. But I don't want to give anything away. And it's amazing how quickly it's all accepted. Like it's not weird. <laughs> yeah. It's not weird for long. It's weird briefly. Obviously, it's weird briefly. Anything with Gittins in is going to be weird. Anything with a man building a robot as a friend is going to be weird. But it's so brief. It's so quick that you just you get on with it and go right. This is this is normal now. Accept yeah. it and move yeah. on. So how important we're sort of worried about was that, that in the short? I guess we're sort of worried about how like people would accept whether people would accept Charles yeah. as like a natural robot or because yeah. it's so obviously. Chris in a sort of cardboard box. But that's what's beautiful about it. And it's what was beautiful about the live shows because I would see them as a fan. I've never met Chris. I don't know anything about Chris. So I only ever saw them as a fan. And you do have moments of going, how's this working? I assume it's a man in there, but how... How's this? Hang on. How's that connect? And where's the voice coming? And all these other things. And it's like, (laughs) as soon as you know, it's the most obvious thing in the world. But when you don't, it is... It's so easy to make us suspend our disbelief, I think. 
Yeah, and that's sort of, I guess it's like, I mean, I spoke to Brett Goldstein recently. He just sort of said like, oh, it's a puppet film. I'm like, yeah, I guess it yes. is. It's like, you yes. do just like, you just, you don't, you accept the reality of puppets. Like you don't like question of like course. the logic of that. And I think it's the same thing. Like, I think we kind of want with the sort of movie into the feature, like we wanted to make it like a fantasy. Like, so originally we wanted it to be set nowhere. I was like, oh, we'll just make, we'll shoot it in Wales, but it'll be nowhere. Yeah. But then BFI were quite like, oh no, keep it, give it, give it a place, which grounded. I think was really, yeah, yeah, grounded, which is a really good note. But yeah, we were worried, but I guess yeah, it turns out just you know one shot of Charles walking about and you just you just don't care anymore. No, it's so bizarre that it's perfectly not bizarre in the, the slightest, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And again, it's the not it's the not feeling the need to give any nods or winks or anything. It's just it's made like. It's made like a drama, essentially, as you say, or a documentary, a serious a documentary, yeah. rather than, you know, a, a, a madcap, z- well, exactly. zany situation, which it could have been easy to go down, because Brian's character on stage was a stand-up comedian who has failed and is just this weird guy, and he'd often put hats on and do all sorts of, have a little honk, like honking, <laughs> and, th- yeah. and things like this, a horn, <laughs> so all sorts of weird stuff. So it would have been easy to go down the madcap route and you don't at all you just it's got such love and empathy for him exactly i feel like if you if you um if if i can feel it trying to make me laugh then i just find it so much less funny i I sort of feel like my job with a thing like that where it's just like it is so bizarre and like david's so funny and 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 charles is just so so funny that voice is just naturally really funny it's just like my job is just to treat this seriously like i would like Yes, yeah. like on set, we're giving notes to make it funnier, but like as the sort of the non-existent filmmaker of this, the sort yeah. of the the sort of the person making this documentary, I was just like, they would just just do it as kind of like artistically as you can, because I think it would just like it'll, yeah. it'll make it funnier because it's it's being treated seriously. You, you, your unseen c- character isn't <laughs> a comedian, isn't isn't a comedy <laughs> no. character in any way. No, they're exactly. serious and they're trying to make. Uh, something real it makes me think of <laughs> this is going to be a really odd comparison because they're not like at all but it makes me think of the Bross documentary that came out oh yeah like, yeah yeah they played it even the documentary makers played it 100% serious yeah c- because it was serious to them and that made it the best comedy film that came out that year essentially because it, <laughs> yeah, so, it was so funny. absolutely bonkers yeah you're trading that line aren't you if as a production they'd kind of gone oh let's screw them over a bit here it would have felt horrible to watch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same here. If if your kind of director, if you're, <laughs> it's weird as you are the director, but obviously it's the director of a fictional film in a way. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But if if if, if you had been making a documentary that's laugh that that's pointing and laughing, it'd yeah. be horrible to watch. But it's not. It's made with warmth and love. Exactly. You're trying to put in. You're trying to put in the funny stuff, but yeah. you're also trying to make it. So it's not like so it doesn't like the film it doesn't feel like the film is trying to make you laugh. Same with yeah. Bross, like there's like so much funny stuff in there, but if it like if it starts to feel like it's just like, you know, yeah. the office, then yeah. it suddenly is less funny. hundred percent. How was it f- f- filming and not not having people corpsing or falling apart or whatever? Because again, it is high <laughs> it's being played seriously, but it's high on the ridiculousness. It is a man with a box on his head, controlling a mannequin head, and David Earl with 
bad glasses on and all this kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. So I can imagine that when it's all flowing, it's perfect. As soon as there's a crack, it must be really hard to pull back to, honestly, we're doing a real job here. This is a serious thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that would definitely happen. I mean, not as much as you probably think. I think, like, I mean, David is probably the worst person at it anyway. Like, he he probably, like, he probably, he would admit that he corpses the most. Just because, like, especially in those scenes where, like, it's improvised or like Charles is going to dance in a certain way that he doesn't expect or Rupert's the producer <laughs> yeah. is, is there on the laptop typing something in that yeah. David's not going to expect. But w- weirdly, like you just get so used to how Charles looks and acts and like he's walking around the set, like Chris is walking around the set like Charles, like people were talking Love to it. Charles like Love he was it. an actor and like treating him, like really caring for him and like guiding him through. So like, yeah, it's sort of like, that's amazing. Yeah, you all get so used to it, and almost the comedy of that goes away. So, like these kind of dramatic scenes where, like, where David is like sort of like you know emotionally engaging with Charles in some way, just that, you know all the crew are kind of like tearing up at it, and it's like yeah. So there was yes, there was corpsing, but not not as much as you might think. I don't think. How was it when it all started to come together in the edit? Because I had a song years ago that me and um, Steve Mason wrote. And I went up Mm. to visit him in Scotland and we stayed up all night recording it. And then I drove home the same day and I got a phone call halfway back from Scotland from him saying, is this brilliant or absolute nonsense? Because it's it's a song about, and it sounds darker now, but this was 10 years ago. It was a song about Johnny Depp secretly being a serial killer. Um, And it's actually a commentary on, on celebrity and a commentary on the way society treats people and all this kind of thing. But that is fucking bonkers. So, so, so and we recorded it like, this is amazing. This is all working amazing. And then in the cold light of day, we had the drive home going separately, him at him in his studio in, in Scotland and me driving home. And he rung me to kind of go, is this good? Or is, or will we just really a lack in sleep? And thankfully we got to the point where we're like, no, this is good. It, you know, after those, this is like, no, this works. And it was a, it became a, a fan favourite. And I can imagine with a film like this, there must have been a moment where the edit started to come together and you could go, it is good, isn't it? This is good. It's not just, we haven't just spent ages in Wales messing yeah. about with a cardboard box on on Chris and a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm interested to know, like, when, like with, with music, because, like, when do you know it's good? Are you just going from your own gut and just being like, okay, I, I, I'm listening to this, I've listened to this a thousand times, I'm like this is good now yeah, or because um, like i feel like i need some outside person to it's tell a me. weird one i'm always <laughs> off my own gut or the gut of the people i'm working with on it yeah because that's the only time i'm comfortable with outside people hearing it is after i've decided yeah. i think True. it's good is the only time i'm then like right cool others can hear it now because it doesn't matter do you know what i mean yeah. like like if, if it's if everyone thinks it's shit it was how i wanted it to be if you know what i mean yeah. Um, so it's yeah. A, for me, it's a bit of a mix of that. It's just like you go, you do it. You're like we're working on it, and you, you you're you're using your gut. You get to like a, a place that you think you're happy. I mean, with these kind of things, you have to send them off like when you're like eighty percent happy, which is yeah. kind of galling because you're sending it to like film four, who you've like idolised, and now you have to send yeah. them a cut. It's not even of a finished. Film, like, it's not <laughs> finished. Yeah, it's like judge it like in this way. But yeah, that, so like I think we like feel it, but like we would be watching those cuts and being like. And just in a just complete silence of a comedy film, or mm. like us four, and just being like, okay, yeah, I think 
I think that's it. I think that's the one. And then you still like, you like, you feel it just on a technical level. It's almost like yeah. maths. It's almost like, okay, that sum works. Yeah. But I like, it's not giving me anything. Yeah. And then you yeah. sort of, and then we'd watch it in a sort of screening room with the execs and a similar reaction. They've all watched it before, quite quiet. And we just watch it and be like, okay, yeah, I think it's done. So, and it wasn't really until like, A, we got accepted by Sundance. That was like, okay, people like it. And B, when we did a cast and crew screening to like 200 people. Yeah. And and it was just laughter all the way through. And that I think for like us four, me, Chris, David and Rupert, I think for us that was like, oh, right, I think it's good. So we really did need a bit of like outside kind of, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I need people to sort of say, or a tweet or someone else, like, you know, even when we released the short, like yeah. when the tweets started rolling in, we're like, oh, right, yeah. I guess it's better than we thought it was. I, I was excited because David sent me a link to the finished edit of it, like the, the, yeah. the, the finished cut. And that isn't a David thing to do. David will generally be so unconfident of everything he's ever made. And like, yeah. I'll, I'll watch stuff and go, oh, shit, I didn't know you'd done this. And I'll let him know it's amazing. And this was before. So I was like... So is he actually happy with something he's done? <laughs> and 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 then it was. It was. As I said it was amazing. He was like, "Yeah, it seems to be getting good good reactions in the industry and that." And as you say, Sundance accepting all these yeah. things. So it's a powerful combination, right? To to have yeah. worked on something that is clearly odd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, it's not an easy. It's not your obvious. Here's what's going to work. It's it's no, different. So to then start to get good reaction from within the industry must be yeah a buzz yeah it's, it's really nice and, and and like yeah i wish i could say like i would i'm satisfied with just my own feeling of yeah. it being good but yeah. <laughs> i'm just like you're making something to entertain people so 100 100 like um well you know i've said that this will be like kind of a, a mini bonus episode and, and we're already at half an hour so this is a, a breeze but <laughs> oh, you can cut it down to 10 minutes no 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 this is gold i promise um <laughs> i'll tell you it's good um <laughs> yeah please so i want to talk about big boys as well because mate i've I said i finished it only this weekend and it destroyed me and what really ex- excited me is i've known J- J- jack rook for years and I think, metaphor aside, he's never really known what he is. Mm. Like, I met him as a spoken word artist, and I think he felt kind of am, but I'm kind of not. And then when he kind of moved more into comedy, it was still, or as a st- stand-up, it still felt, he's like, I'm kind of a stand-up, but I'm kind of a spoken word artist in in comedy. Yeah. And Big Boys f- feels like this was the journey he was going towards all along. Um, as yeah. an amazing writer, as an amazing articulator of of emotion and story t- 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 teller, and it's loosely based on his life, and yeah. he narrates it. But it's then cast with um, Dylan from uh, from Derry Girls and John Pointing, um, and an amazing cast in general. Katie Wicks, loads of just amazing people in it. How was it to take on the directing duties? on obviously such a personal story because it is about Jack's dad dying, him coming out. There's mental health stuff in there. It's incredibly personal. So that's yeah, it's a heavy weight to take on, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think it's just about like, like Jack is such a great collaborator and yeah. like, and sort of someone who's just like, you know, 
you can't take it on. It's not like film. And it's like, you, you can't take it on as like your thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's Jack's thing. And I'm there to sort of like, I'm there to sort of help him bring that to life. Like, yeah. and he's such a good writer. He writes things like, he writes like, the jokes are great and the sort of like dialogue's great, but he also writes really sort of cinematically. Like, yeah. he sort of writes these sequences that on the on the page, you're like as a director, you're reading, you're like, oh, wow, I can really do yeah. something with this. It's just like yeah. loads of voiceover and voiceover is great for like a director because you can just be like well I can just put anything I want on screen during this and I mean it's just a lot of talking and a lot of making sure we're doing the right thing and and being like sensitive to stuff and like Bertie the producer is a big part of that as well yeah it's trickier I think it's like you know it's it's very different to Brian Charles in terms of like how how the sort of sensitivity you have to approach certain things with yeah Uh, and even with the cast members who've like experienced loss or you know, uh, have other relate to the characters in other certain certain ways, but um, it's so rewarding, and I'm just sort of so proud of everyone on it. Like, and the reaction it's been getting has been great. It's been huge, and just a few of the scenes. Again, I think everyone's amazing in it, but John Pointing in particular, who's I think this is actually coming out before the episode. I've done with Jack and John. I've recorded with Jack oh, and right. John and had a, a, a really good chat. So I think that's coming out the week after this, maybe, or a couple of weeks after this. But anyway, mm. there's a few scenes where John's performance, I was just blown away by. And he speaks in the episode about his own experiences of loss and grief. So how is it kind of drawing those performances out? How is it as a director to kind of, facilitate i guess or make sure that you're getting the most out of something that's probably going to be really hard for this actor to go through it's going to be amazing and beautiful but it's not going to be an easy day on set you know? yeah well it's just about i think it's just about giving time like a lot of like filmmaking can be like weirdly the thing you have when you're shooting is the least amount of time everyone yeah. gets like half an hour to light an hour to do the set, makeup gets an hour, then you come yeah. down to shooting a scene, they're like, right, do it in five minutes. Yeah. And so, well, this is the bit that everyone's going to watch, so yeah. no. <laughs> but but so with that, it's just like making that sort of environment, being like, you've got all the time in the world. Like with John, and I'd like, I've been a fan of John since, I remember watching these like a YouTube sketches he did with Eddie Ells White. Right. He's like this thing called Dwayne Chambers Life Guru. So I was I'd like, I've, known how good he is for such a long time and it took such a long time for I, I didn't have the power then to cast him or anything but like yeah it's great to now see him in these roles completely again i think that this series in particular because i've seen him in in a load of different things i caught his fringe show a good few years back because i was a yeah a fan and it does feel like you watch this and go how hasn't he been a lead for years yeah do you know what I mean? Because yeah. this does feel like his biggest role and a, a huge, a huge thing. It's like this feels like, yeah, yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, but with the sort of performance stuff, I think it's just like, yeah, I think with John in particular, we would just be like, look, I'm not going to give you that many notes in between these things. I'm just going to like, if you want to go for another one, we'll go for like for, for specific scenes, mm. and then just be like, and then sort of, I'm going to do all, all the close-ups first, and then we'll get to like. Then after each one, I'd be like, right, do you want to do another one? Or like, I'm really happy. I, I'd like, but, yeah. Uh, and then I sort of, I'd leave it a lot in his hands with, with stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we would be giving notes and a little guidance, but he was nailing it. So it was just like, yeah, it's just like, 
making them feel comfortable really. And same with Dylan. Like Dylan had some really heavy lifting stuff to do. Yeah. And yeah, Dylan's also great at that stuff. I mean, Dylan's emotions are so like there on the surface as well. Like you can just like yeah. cry in an instant. And again, um, yeah. the pressure on Dylan's part of essentially having to play someone who's probably th- there a lot of the time or, you know, in, in <laughs> yeah. he's playing Jack. So it's kind of this weird thing of that must yeah. have been as, as, as such a strange n- note to have to hit, I guess, when that person yeah. could be in the room and you're like, all right, I'm not only t- 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 telling your life story, I'm playing you. And yeah. But Dylan's so chilled about that stuff. He's got no ego on that thing. He'll just be like, he would. Li- he'd literally just be like to Jack, like, "How would you say this?" Like, yeah. just he doesn't mind having lines read to him, yeah. essentially. Which I mean, you know, most actors d- wouldn't do. You know. Yeah, but so, again, that instantly you you may have seen my face absolutely light up there because that sounds like the perfect <laughs> situation on on set to have a role where you can l- literally go, "How would you say that in like in real life?" Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I'll do that. Do you know what I mean? That's to me. That yeah. sounds like absolute heaven to uh, to have that relationship yeah. and assistance there, if needed. Which works and also doesn't work because, like you know, it's also still you've got to serve the scene and not necessarily exactly how Jack would do it. And sometimes yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. well, now these things are incongruous and they don't quite work together. It's like sometimes you want most of the time you just want it to come from Dylan, but there'll be times we'd be like, actually, Jack, what is your kind of as Jack Rook, how would yeah. you react to that? Yeah, I love it. Well, another thing that jumped out to me is, and I could be wrong here, but it f- feels like when there's TV shows where kind of a group of friends is formed, it mm. feels like there's certain elements, I don't know what it is, but there's certain things that you just can't f- fake. Mm-hmm. So how was it as an ensemble cast? Because it felt like everyone did genuinely become amazing mates and amazing you know it felt like from from what i could see on screen there were certain elements of like no these are real friends these aren't i thought a weird example i thought about it with um yesterday the uh the 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 film the danny boyle um yeah beatles film again people have different views and opinions on that but one of the things that blew me away the most was that group of friends in it i believed they were a group of friends do you know what yeah. I mean? It was really, it was, it didn't feel like a scripted bunch of actors sitting around and playing their roles. It felt like mates hanging out. And I got that as big boys kind of progressed. It felt like a real journey of friends kind of coming together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's that is so true. Like everyone, I mean, everyone on set, but like, yeah, particularly those guys were really close. And I think we would like had the benefit of doing a little bit of rehearsal. Great. And then we all went out, all were like, when I got drunk the sort of last night, so that sort of helps. But yeah, yeah they were like, and it's, you know, that sort of thing where like as a director, you're on set all the time and you just sort of, you start to get a little jealous sometimes when you just see like all the other sort of actors who aren't in that scene all just hanging out. And you're like, oh, yeah. i gotta got to shoot this dramatic scene now. So <laughs> get this done. I want to be over there with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I want to be adding to series t- 10 of this because again of course if it continues to tell jack's story yeah then it eventually will start to eat its own tail <laughs> and there'll, there'll yeah. be a series where they're directing a, <laughs> a series about his life that'd be amazing um yeah how's it been the reaction to this because you said there's a, a level of you need you know 
quite understandably, it's nice to get confirmation from the outside. Mm. You're on this weekend of release as we record this. You're the th- at least I think the third most popular show on all four. Russell T Davis Davies has tweeted <laughs> has done yeah. an Instagram post about it. It's like if you're going to get confirmation off someone, yeah, that is good. That's, that's pretty one. much the peak of confirmation. Um, yeah. So yeah, how's the weekend been? I guess of kind of the nerves of it finally about to launch. And again, it's a big, it's a big s- slot. It's on Channel Four. It's as Derry Girls, a beloved show, is just finishing and had its final episode. So in no way is it <laughs> following on from Derry Girls or meant to fill that gap. But you know that is a big, a beloved show that's just come to an end, and you're launching a new show. You know, shortly after. So how was the pressure in the build up, and then? How's this weekend been? Yeah, I mean, I guess the sort of... I didn't feel the... Pre- like, I think maybe I'm a little more disconnected from it than Jack. So, like, I don't yeah. particularly feel the pressure in the build-up. I'm sort of like... I think with Brian and Charles, I'll be a bit more, like, mm-hmm. worried because that's, like, ticket sales and that's, like, you yeah. know... That is... That sort of governs whether you can make another film or not. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, the quality is also the, the, what governs that. But, like, yeah, so I didn't feel that much uh, pressure... But like I was, and I knew that, and I knew the series was good. I'd, I'd had the sort of, I'd, I'd done the sort of round and got the confirmation from various yeah. people. But I like, but just didn't, but didn't expect it to get to to explode that much. I mean, like the sort of the hashtag big boys, which is mostly about the show, and sometimes <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, sometimes people advertising themselves. But yeah, it's like it's a hundred percent positive. I've, I've like I've seen one bad tweet. Which is so unusual. When I've looked at other shows that I love, there's always bad stuff about it. Yeah, and and especially a show like this, where I thought, like, you know, Twitter's such a sort of argumentative place now, where everyone's trying to be a bit partisan. Fucking hellhole. Like, let's, let's, yeah, let's it's not about. It's it's horrific at times, <laughs> particularly in the current political climate. So anything that is about homosexuality, about stuff. all sorts yeah. of other stuff, it could yeah, there could have been a negative. Yeah, we've got we've got trans characters, we've got gay characters, we've got like, and yeah, it's been yeah just received with a lot of love, which I think like that's what we wanted to do. We weren't like it's a, it's a it's a show about relationships between these characters. It's not we're not trying to like particularly like push any message. It's just like yeah. you know, it's about it's about love and it's about loss and. I think everyone seems to relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And as I said, just, I thought it was absolutely astounding. It's another one. I went in with excitement and joy over a mate having a project off the ground and was, all my expectations were f- far exceeded. So yeah, wonderful well, work. Much. So I'll, I'll kind of wrap things up by asking what's ahead? Because um, as you say, the feature film industry is a weird one because mm-hmm. it is kind of, the lot is it is on box office and as i know as well as anyone r- right now as someone who's i've been tr- trying to g- g- get a few scripts over the line for a while now mm. the industry is after tv a lot at the moment tv mm. is in demand a lot more than than f- feature films so i guess what is ahead and that can even be a, a an ideal situation of what <laughs> of what <Yeah>. is ahead <laughs> I mean, the stuff I'm, I'm working on myself most is films. So yeah. I've got, I've, I'm writing a couple of things, Great. and 
we're developing uh, the sort of Brian and Charles team again are sort of developing an idea yeah. that I think would be really fun. And then also, you know, second series of Big Boys, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, not been commissioned yet. Maybe it has by the time we has speak, or maybe has to be. But yeah, and also just, and also just, what's pleasure of my job is I just get to read scripts yeah. and just get to like just be sent stuff. Yeah, Big Boys is a big place in my heart, and then for me, it's it's films. Like I sort of, I loved that process, and I loved, I love that world. Now. I love like the business side of film. I've got like really into everything about it. Like with TV, yeah. you sort of make it. And the, it's commissioned and all the money's there and then it's, you know where it's going to go. And then that there's just so much unknown about film that just yeah. is really exciting. And, you know, you get flown around to festivals and it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait for all that's ahead and I appreciate you giving me your time uh, today. No, thanks so much. Thanks for supporting both Big Boys and Brian Charles. No problem at all. I said it was a joy to kind of go, oh, hang on. <laughs> Everything I'm into <laughs> at the moment. All links back to one place, so it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I all begin with B. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Jim. How good was that, man? And I expect more and more huge things from Jim. Um, I love good creative people doing exciting and, and big things. There's a film about to come out called um, See How They Run, and it looks absolutely amazing. And it's directed by Tom George, who did uh, This Country, which I think is one of the best TV shows ever. And I saw the trailer for it and the cast. The cast is ridiculous, just loads of film legends in my opinion in there and it's so exciting to see because this is england was amazing but it's a very sorry this country but it's a very british bbc type show you know so it's so dope to see people going and transferring their excellence there to the big screen you you all know i'm a cinema fan obviously i'm a tv fan but cinema means the world to me so, um, yeah, it's good to see. I don't know where that all came from. Um, I'm going to go. I'm forgetting if this is even the intro or the outro. I'm dazed, man. I'm dazed. I'm, I've got a feeling it's the outro. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be back in, in the next week. I've got another amazing guest on next week, actually. The partner of a previous guest, if you'd like to make your guesses. But, yeah, until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.